Hi, I'm Lisa Eddy, your host of the Sacred Beauty Lifestyle Podcast, where we reveal and explore both modern and ancient beauty secrets so you can radiate your true power and beauty both inside and out. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sacred Beauty Lifestyle. I'm your host, Lisa Eddy, and I'm excited to bring the lovely Deanna Leader in today. Deanna is an author, podcaster, CEO, and intuitive life hack at Crave More Life Coaching, where she is showing the world that women know they have a voice and are confident enough to unapologetically use it. She works with women who are tired of being quiet to use their understanding of their inner selves to heal their voices and live out loud. Through her Voices Are Women Project and the Find Your Voice, Save Your Life book series, women are given a platform for healing by openly sharing their stories that support women readers to begin on their own healing path. Without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Diana Leader. Welcome, Diana. Thank you so much. That was awesome. I really appreciate being here. The invitation was was lovely to receive. So thank you so much. Looking forward to this. Yes, it is an honor to have the privilege of working with you and to not only in your writing workshop, also being a part of the Find Your Voice, Save Your Life book series and to learn the beautiful work that you are doing. I'm so curious about you. (laughs) I know you've been a coach for women for years, and I would love you to perhaps tell us perhaps like how you got into coaching women and then the evolution and passion of you helping women find their voices and how you ended up doing this book project. Okay. Okay, we could be here a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Great. So yeah, I mean, I'm no spring kitchen, uh, kitchen, chicken. I've been around for a while. So I've got I've got some um, some good time behind me that I have put on the front lines. And yeah, I've always worked with women, though, there's always been a pull for me to to support women. And it's interesting, because back in the day, and we're talking 40 years (laughs) of work. So back in the day, it was, you know, I did work on sexual assault as an issue, uh, domestic violence as an issue. I spent 10 years as a frontline shelter worker, ages and ages and ages ago. I did community development, I did economic development with women. And, and it wasn't until later, you know, I was just kind of going with what I was drawn to, basically. And it wasn't until later when I started to think about and get a bit of a hit around my own voice, using my own voice, that I realized that they're all, all that stuff was all about women using their voices. You know, it was, it was, um, you know, either, either the domestic assault or the, you know, the sexual assault, you know, you're, you're silenced simply by what, by the circumstance of what's happening to you, you know, economic development, if you don't have enough money to feed your kids, you don't have a voice to do a whole lot of anything. 
um, you know, community development. If you've got, you know, you know, in your community, there is a safety issue or, you know, something's happening that you want to manage, you want help manage, you have to get out and speak about it. So, uh, so yeah, all that stuff kind of connected to women's voices. And then I had that major hit life hit for me that threatened my voice. And, um, it was that, you know, um, come to Jesus moment, if I can say that, where I had to realize that, um, I had to do more of my own inner work to um, to be strong enough to have the life that I chose and to have the people in my life that I chose because I wasn't taking care of my side of the street in terms of my relationships. So that was a real, that was an eye opener for me. Absolutely. So I did some coaches training and I thought I, I need something new. I need something different. I need something that's going to help me grow at the same time. And anybody who has trained as a coach knows that you know, our own training is our own therapy. (laughs) And it was for me, absolutely. It made me look at things and look at my life and look at my, it gave me more awareness, gave us the opportunity to be more aware of what was happening for me and why, you know, why was I making the choices that I did? Why was I being quiet when I really didn't want to be quiet? Why was I getting pissy with people that, um, I, you know, I, there was no reason to, I just had, I, you know, I, I felt like I needed to challenge people. And, uh, so it kind of went to those extremes and yeah, the, the coaching was that when I got into it, it was like, okay, this has to be with women absolutely has to be. So that was kind of the, the beginning of my coaching practice. And that was 10 years ago. Um, so now it's, you know, it's kind of worked its way and I've, I've had, you know, 10 years worth of clients that taught me even more about using our voices and you know to the point where you know women will just call and say I I could never say that you know I could never do that I could never tell my husband that I want to have sex more I could never tell my boss that I want to raise I could never tell myself that I'm worth it you know there are just so many levels to it so um it's just, it's been really awesome and inspiring work and my, honestly, my privilege to do it. Absolutely. So I had the opportunity to, um, to write in a collaborative book last year, early last year, with uh, a woman by the name of Laura DeFranco, who is a publisher. Her company is called Brave Healer Productions. As you well know, you know, Laura. And, um, in writing that book, I, I, I recalled that I had way back on my bucket list that I wanted at some point in my life to write a book with women's voices. But it was kind of one of those things that got shoved back because I, I didn't ever think that I'd be able to pull it off. It just seemed too complicated to me. But when I did this collaborative book with, with Laura, um, I realized that that model is not complicated you know, I mean, it's not easy, but it's not complicated either. So I just thought, okay, this is it. Step up. This is the time you always wanted to do this. And here's your opportunity. So yeah, that was where Find Your Voice, Save Your Life. The first edition was born. And um, we published that at the beginning of February, just of this year. Find Your Voice 2, Find Your Voice, Save Your Life 2, which you are a member of. Obviously, you do, and you know this, you were there. It just published, what, three days ago, earlier this week. And number three, which is a little tiny bit different, it, it is on the books to be published in November. 
So it's been a crazy, lovely, wonderful, blessed year for me. It's so interesting to delve into learning a little bit more about you. And I can see the connection. Like well, I can see how much you love serving that your compassion and your caring really comes through in the work you do. And you're the perfect person to help women find their voices because of this. I suspect that having donated your time at shelters like domestic violence and economic development. Yes. So working in these circumstances, I imagine, like you said, you were seeing these women that were silenced because of their circumstances. So it sounds like that desire grew. It triggered something not only in you is what I'm suspecting because you weren't fully speaking your voice and we can only take people as far as we go. So there was your opportunity. Like, oh yeah, you want to help these people? You got, you got to start right here. Woman. <laughs> exactly. It was the, it was the step up, you know, it was the universe kind of give me that knock on the, on the side of the head saying, okay, it's time. Up you get, and you're going to have to have a little hit before to to remind you that you know you need you need to shift and change. And and you're right, it definitely opened me up to to offer more. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and it's almost like that's how we lead people when you've gone through the trenches, and you can look them in the eye. I get you. You've got this, right? It's very different. So that transformation that you went through, I imagine, was incredibly important in order for you to to help women find their own voice. It really was. Absolutely. My story itself about losing my voice is not is not a traumatic one. It's not, you know, a life-threatening circumstance at all. It was a wake-up call that was that just reminded me that I needed more and people in my life needed more too. And not that I would ever suggest that we do things solely for other people around us. I don't believe that. I think we have to, we have to look after ourselves. Um, and, and then from that overflow and that connection, then our relationships are built in a very special way. But when, when we are in relationship with somebody and we're not taking care of ourselves, then that shows up in those relationships, which is why, and, and, uh, you know, we can talk about this a little bit later, but I have a, um, a coaching program called you'll get what you want when you find your voice. And it's all about relationships because that's what voice is all about. Right. Yes. And relationships. I was just listening to Lewis house the other day. I don't know if you ever listened to him, the, the, the school of greatness podcast. He was a former athlete, professional football player who came out very vulnerably. In fact, which is so beautiful to see a really strong man in his heart and compassion as well. And he was just talking the other day about how important it is to have your relationship solid and intact to be that sort of that bouncing off point for everything else that you do in the world, like how it sort of have been underestimated the importance of those tight relationships for everything else we want to do. And like you said, it starts with your self first and foremost. And I think selfishness is often under misunderstood because we have to be somewhat self and not in a, not in a mean or like not me above, you know, like, like not better than like, it can be for the highest good of all can be the intention of, and you can't make choices that compromise yourself to serve others is the thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. I like to throw selfish right out the window because it's, it's got such a negative 
sense to it, you know, and, and looking after ourselves is not selfish at all, as you said, you know, it's just not, we have to recognize that our relationships are not going to be what we want them to be if we can't show up, you know, and look after our side of the street, right? So if we can't ask for what we need, um, and if we can't, if we don't choose to offer what's being asked of us, then, you know, the relationship is just not going to be strong. And it not it's not going to be that, you know, that bouncing off place that you're referring to. Yeah. Because I think that's true. I think when we are really solid in ourselves, and we are in partnership with someone else in whatever relationship it is, those relationships are super strong. And yes, can be that foundation for all kinds of new things and, and growth and, you know, it can be amazing, but we can't get there unless we do our own stuff and we are solid in ourselves first. And unless we're speaking our truth, I have a curiosity about your experience where I tell me if I'm right. I, I kind of suspect that your situation might be like the classic woman, perhaps not wanting to take up space or being taught that our needs don't matter as much. Is that what it was? Is that what you kind of help women do when you realize that you mattered enough to? get what you want? Yep. That was a lot of the hit for sure. I was ignoring, well, you know, and I wasn't taught as a kid to, to, to do that. You know, I was the youngest of five. I had older siblings to do everything I I needed to be done. I have very, a very loving family. I still do, but there was that little piece that, you know, I I didn't kind of have that support or was given that message that, you know what, honey, you need to be independent you need to be solid in yourself and for yourself. And it wasn't about, you know, what I needed to go do that someone else may have helped me with as a child. It was, it was that message that I, that I really didn't get. So in not looking at my path in that way, not taking, basically taking responsibility for myself on that path I I kept that going. So what ended up happening for me was that I just I would do 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 for everybody else. Just I mean, this is so common for so many of us, right? <laughs> and I just for I just didn't I stopped asking for what I needed. I stopped even thinking about what I needed. It was like, well, well yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to go and help so and so because they they are in trouble, right? So which you know, noble. Right. I mean, that's what we think we're being. We're being noble. But it it was just really a place to hide. It, it really was. You know, it was a place to and I'm getting full on messages here that we're talking about the right stuff. Yeah, it was totally a place to hide. It wasn't it wasn't a place of goodness. I mean, I loved helping people. I still do. But um, yeah, there was no concept back there for me that said, you need to figure out your own shit before you go and help anybody, you know, help yourself before you, before you help anybody. That's why I was curious because I think this is, oh, so common. And now I'm, I'm born in 1972. So, you know, around 50 years ago, like the dynamic, and I think you're just a little bit wiser than me. (laughs) (laughs) You like that? So, so the point is, I, I don't get older. I don't believe in aging. So I talk about what wisdom. I'm getting wiser. 
we as women, as a culture and society, we're taught in spe- specific ways of being that were allowed and roles that, and, and it was often unspoken that you fell into this role and this is how you were supposed to show up and what was expected of you and what good moms do and what good women do going from the good girl. In fact, I, I don't use that. I, I think I've caught myself like a couple of times say that to my daughter. I don't like saying what a good girl, like I'll say great job or whatever, you know? Um, but I think that it can be very detrimental to lock people into these old school ways of believing that we're holding up these unhealthy structures where there was power over and where we were taught that, you know, that the, that men were better in ways in our toxic society. Right. And, and, and I believe that there's a whole, that's a whole other subject, but I really believe that we also fear what we don't know. And I think that sometimes the women's intuition and the power of the woman has been really misunderstood and feared because of that misunderstanding, just like, you know, religion or God or spirituality can be. And that's where the power over comes in. And we're seeing a huge shift right now, right? And this is part of the work that you're doing in helping people reclaim their truth, their unique path, their unique journey, their unique voice is so important in the pivot of the balance on planet Earth. Thank you. I, I think it's I think it's really important, especially now. I mean, it, there we have an opportunity to to change what we learned, you know, back in the day, (laughs) I had the opportunity to change my thinking, which made me start to interact with my children differently with my grandchildren differently, you know, and that is just carrying on and carrying on. So, so I think it's really important for especially for those of us who still really do love to support people. I mean, we're, we're, I think that's part of who we are as women. We just, you know, we want to love, we want to love everybody. And that's, that's very awesome. And in doing that, we have to recognize that we can do, we can do that way better if we're doing it from our place of overflow, you know, from a place of being connected to who we are and really strong and powerful. And, and, you know, our love is just, you know, it, yeah, it's it's overflowing, and when we give from there, right? We're not we're not zapping ourselves. I, I you know, I just I, I was going through Facebook this morning, interestingly, and I noticed a post from someone that said, "I'm really tired. I'm really tired." And then, of course, your friends all chimed in with, "Yeah, I'm really tired too." It's you know, like I do this, 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 and, and someone would say, "I do that, 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 that," and I'm really tired. Well, yeah, women are tired. You know, so let's let's work on that. Let's <laughs> let's work work on why we're tired and and make shifts there so that we are not always zapping our energy out, but we're pulling it back in and feeding ourselves. It's so important, yes, to listen and to sometimes say no. Sometimes no is more important. Something you just said though about like connected, and then it thought had me thinking of connection, community, right? I think that you know, our we're missing that a little bit in the modern day, you know, world that we live in. How we have, um, you know, all have our own houses with big space around us, and we're separate, we're not in our tribes with our aunties and our ancestors, you know, our, our grandmothers and grandfathers, right? Sharing the wisdom and sharing the load, 
right? The work and, and the support, like there's so much that comes with that support. And I think that's part of the benefit of what coming together, like the way that you bring women together to find their voices and the story, like, I think the stories have been lost. There's a a huge, important piece that we learn in story and you're helping us bring that back. Right. Yeah. I think story is really important for a couple of reasons. One that when we tell our story, when we write our story, when it gets published, you know, all those steps are our healing steps. Each one is a different healing step. And, you know, I use that analogy that, you know, so many people do. It's that it's the layers of the onion that you're peeling away each time that you, you know, that you do that, that you engage in that in some way. And it, it ends up being, as you well know, in these books, it ends up being a story, which I think is what connects the reader, so other women who are looking at this stuff, that's the connection. You know, if they're reading a really sad story, they're going to feel really badly for the writer. But if they're reading a, a story, like to take it in that direction, they're actually reading a story, they're connecting with what they can take from it. So, you know, to create their own awareness, to be able to do their own growth, to be able to do, you know, make the shifts that they want to make. So the storytelling is really huge and it creates, uh, you know, what the word that's coming to me is, is identity. And I, I, that's a really big word. I'm not sure that I'm accurate with that, but that's just what's coming up here. But there is an identity that we, that shifts for us when we, when we have a story, you know, because if we, if we don't, if we don't do some of the healing around it, then that story can be a dark cloud. When we have started to to release it, then it becomes lighter and lighter and it becomes, okay, this is my story, but it's my history. It doesn't define me. It's just something that happened. Well, and I think the power, yes, in what I'm seeing in, in the story is is the identification of, oh, I'm here now and the inspiration of, I can do that too. I can stand up for myself. I can find my voice in that moment. And we need, like I was saying, those stories that our aunties and our grandsons, you know, even, you know, some some of these old tales we'll hear in, and we will share with our kids today. Like, what is that one about the, the boy who cried wolf or something? How impactful, like hearing this story is, right? <laughs> yeah. We learn through stories. There's something that happens in our mind. Do you know? I remember hearing something about how we learn through stories, like on a visceral level. Yeah. It, no, I don't know the science behind that. But um, but I do agree because when we hear a story that is is being told in a fearful way, then the message is be afraid. Right. When we hear a story that is about, okay, this is what happened to me. This is how I managed it. Um, that's a really different the message for, you know, if you think about you just talking to, you know, children around you and offering your experiences and your expertise as, you know, a matriarch in the family, how, you know, how you have managed that piece for yourself is huge. And what a, what an offering for a child um, or, you know, a teenager or someone growing up in a family to, to have that actual lesson as opposed to the fear placed upon them about, you know, don't go out at night because something might happen or, you know, don't get married because men are scary or, I mean, I'm throwing that out, but whatever it is. Yeah, well, it could be like 50% of marriages end in divorce, and that could be very scary. <laughs> or if you came from a family that was very dysfunctional, marriage could be scary, right? Well, yeah, for sure. And and there's so there's always that other side of it, right? Which is, right. 
you know what, guys, my, you know, my marriage was, was, you know, it wasn't giving us what we wanted. So that was my opportunity to find someone else who, who did fill my needs. You know, there's, there's always that place that we can flip it, but it's hard to flip if we don't do that healing for ourselves about it. I love that. That was actually really important to me when leaving my marriage. My daughter was my inspiration. I I always said that I always say my daughter helps me be healthier because I make better choices for her sometimes. And 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 the children can be a teacher. We think we're teaching them, you know. I don't know if you know the book by Khalil Gibran, The Prophet. If you read the piece on children, it's so beautiful. It's like try not to make them like you instead try to be more like them. <laughs> because we can't go back. That's not the point of evolution, right? They're actually if parents can open their eyes, that being a child or being a parent, just like running a business can be a fast track to spiritual growth and evolution, right? Yes. So she inspires me and I wanted better for her and me, but it was like, that was the, the seal, the deal. I want her to know what love looks like. I want her. And I did have that very same flip you're talking about. I love that you brought that up. It's like, oh yeah, sometimes we get in things and we have these experiences and then we can comb them for the nuggets and the gifts. Because when we go through challenging times, there's always an opportunity. It's what glasses are you putting on, right? How do you want to see this? Yeah. It's a choice, right? Yeah, it's a choice. And but I want to I want to make sure that I just want to make sure that the message is there that, you know, life isn't always rainbows and sunshine. And we don't we don't simply have to change how we think about something or how we express something to, you know, to make the different kinds of changes that we need inside. You know, I think I think it's deeper than that. I think it is. I think it is about that healing as well. It's really difficult to get through to get past something or to get through it if we don't do that work. Because I, you know, so many times and, and, you know, maybe you find this too. I have women coming to me and, you know, how are you? Well, you know what? Yeah, this happened, this happened, this happened, but yeah, I'm okay. Like I'll get through it. I'll be fine. No, you don't, you know, you don't have to be fine. That's part of the work. Get down and dirty in there and, and, and yeah. out and, and then yes. And then your perspective can change because you have allowed it to, as opposed to, you know, just think positive. You'll be fine. Yeah. That's the spiritual bypassing BS that drives me bonkers. And there's so much of that today, but that's the, that's, that was like the pushing the accepting mediocrity. No, we're all supposed to have great lives. Life is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be joyful. We're supposed to have our dreams where any desire that you have is for a reason that that seed gets planted in you because you also have the power to create it. So just, nah, is that how you want to live? I don't want to, nah, life. <laughs> no, me neither. I suspect that's why, is that what sort of spawned your desire to help women? Like having seen so much through some of your, uh, you know, the times that you were donating your time and care and seeing what people were going through. I'm just curious. You know what? It, sure. In the beginning, it was very much about what I witnessed. Absolutely. You know, I mean, if, and you know exactly what I mean when I say this, you know, there were times when in doing the work, like in the shelter, for example, you know, like women died, women were killed. Yes, yes. You know, I went to more funerals in those years 
you know, it was, it was horrible and tragic. And, you know, so and that's just an example. And then and then again, when you start to look at, you know, the economics in a community, if someone has no, no money to buy food for their children, then that's not okay. You know, none of it is okay. So yeah, what I witnessed was kind of the the motivator originally, for sure. And then I and then I experienced my own you know, my own voice awakening, so to speak, right? I found my own voice. And with that hit, thankfully, which I'm very grateful for, but it really allowed me then to, to have my own experience with it and understand it on a, on a deeper level. So it wasn't just about the experience, it was about understanding the, you know, the inside of that. So looking from the outside, it's horribly tragic. On the inside, it's, it's, it's more, you know, it's way more. And that's where that's where I needed to go in order to deepen the work that I did later. Right. And I was suspecting that that is possibly what had spawned you wanting to help women because you know, it takes that support. It takes those steps because what you were just saying was like, okay, you'll be fine. But if you don't really deal with it, it's just going to build and build. And how you were saying earlier, how you found yourself lashing out. We lash out when we're storing. You know what is so fascinating? This is so fascinating. Some of the work that I do with people is a lot of times people will, someone will even say, it's very common for someone to say, oh, you just need a glass of wine when you're stressed out, right? So when you have a glass of wine or a donut or whatever your vice is to stuff, we're actually stuffing and storing in reserve the emotions that we do not want when we're not letting them move through us. We're storing them in reserve and that's how they leak out in those moments, right? Yeah, leak out and cause, you know, cause chronic pain and, and serious medical issues. Holy moly. I can't count, you know, when I, when you, the older you get, the more for me, the more I'm seeing this, the number of women that are around me and in my life and that I meet all the time who, who suffer from really ill, ill health. And it's, you know, and it's the kind of thing that the medical community is like, eh, we don't really know what's wrong with you, but there's something very wrong. So, you know, that's, that's all that, right? That's stuff down, stuff down, stuff down. 100%. I love that you brought that up because that's part of the sacred beauty lifestyle is being holistic in our approaches, how we think, how we speak, our feelings, our emotions are your body's mess and our, 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 uh, Emotions, yeah. Like how we feel, if not expressed, will continue to manifest in different form. And so body pains can 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 come up being your body saying, hey, listen, there's a problem here. There's a problem here that you're ignoring. I need attention. I need you to tend to this. Often we say we want to hear and we want to do the work. And then as soon as our body starts talking, we're like, would you just shut up? You're really annoying right now. And I don't have time for that. I don't want to deal with all that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's hard. That's too hard. I don't want to go there. Right. But it doesn't just go away. So I love that you said that. And that's where, you know, the coaching that you provide and the platform that you provide. And it's so fun to actually even find a creative outlet to move our emotions so that they come out in healthy ways versus these pains and then manifestation of disease, because you are 100% right. That is exactly what happens. 
And you know what? It's also fun to end up being a published author. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yes. And so I love that you said that because sometimes resting isn't actually the right action. Sometimes it's taking that big, hard step forward in the direction of the bigger vision. And it feels like a really big hurdle. But yes, sometimes our stories are even eating us up. I had a boyfriend come back to me after we were very young and he was very sweet, but he had been through a ton of trauma with an abusive father who was a drug addict who, you know, he saw things he should have never seen. And then he did, you know, he had all these demons inside and then he ended up hurting me because hurt people hurt people and healed people heal people, right? So he came back to apologize and he said, oh my God, Lisa, it's been eating me alive the way I treat you like such a sweet soul. We were babies. He had cancer right after he came and said this to me, it was eating me alive. This is very interesting because I want us to really pay attention to our words and the power of them. And that sometimes we don't even know that we're giving messages to ourselves as we speak. And then he, like a week or two, just after he had found me and knew where I lived, his mother came and told me that he was diagnosed with cancer. Oh my goodness. So what we do not deal with absolutely manifests. So yes, writing your story. And I love that you're writing these creative, that you're doing these creative workshops because I didn't know, I knew there was a book inside of me and I know I've got a story and I know like I'm hitting stages, I'm coming out and I just didn't know how. And then, I don't know, somehow you just, I got connected with you. And I think so many women have, can make such an impact on people and have such a desire to do so. So what would you say would be, you know, like a first step. The first step is just to recognize that it has to come out. Like, you know, you have to, you have to release it in some way. That's what the, my voices of women project is really all about. It's, it's based on that release. So um, there are two parts to it. The last one is what you participated in, which was the writing and the, you know, being in a published book and find your voice, save your life too. And, um, but the beginning of it is for women who, um, you know, because a lot of women will say this, yeah, I really want to do this, but I, I don't think I'm ready to be, you know, in a book. So that the first part is the, the group, which you had been part of as well, the, um, uh, the program uh, writing for the heel of it. And, and it's really meant to, um, to get women to go deep into what they really need to write because it, you know, there is a process to that. And, you know, sometimes what we start writing is, you know, we don't think it's meaningful. Uh, it doesn't feel meaningful to us. But we don't allow ourselves to go to a place where we figure that out either because we don't really want to deal with it, right? Oh, yeah, it'd be really fun to write about stuff. Kind of think I need to, but I don't, that's, you know, that's really icky stuff. So to be able to coach, um, you know, use the time in the group to coach around wherever someone is so that they are writing whatever it is that's meaningful for them at that time. Um, and then, the, and actually, so we're just shifting this particular program a little bit because the first run was a beta run. Um, and, and I think the last part of it is going to be more on, you know, focus on the, some of the ways that we can, some of the skills, some of the writing skills that we need to kind of make our, turn our, our words into a story, um, you know, in a portfolio and, and all that kind of thing. So it'll be a little longer than what you experienced, but. Yeah, that's the plan. So two pieces so that women have a choice. They can simply do the writing or they can do the writing and be in a book. 
I think the support is absolutely incredible because sometimes we might have the desire and yet the fear of like, I don't know how to do that. I'm new at like being a newbie, especially like with this. Um, a lot of people I think suffer from what I have mostly recovered from, which is perfectionism, like thinking you have to do things perfect right out the gate, right? <laughs> and we need to be beginners. And so if we can come with a child mindset, I, I really think that support piece is huge. So can they, so if someone wants to tell their story, can they, are you going to do the workshop part first and then they can decide if they want to go on to the book or are they two separate things? I'm just curious now. They could do both. They could do both. But it's entirely up to them. So they need to just get with me and then, and we'll, we'll figure it out, you know, wherever they are. They could, yeah, they could, they could do both. If they've never written before, it's really a good opportunity to do that class, to do that first, Mm -hmm. to be able to learn some of the, some of the writing techniques um, but also to, you know, to get comfortable with that, with what you want to write about, you know, to start to really go there because, and, and I, you know, this has never been an issue in the two books and I don't think it will be in the third, but the level of healing that happened that I witnessed for, you know, in people that were writing for the two books so far has been incredible and has been, you know, I, I kind of expected that people had, that hadn't written would have you know, I'd be able to see a response in. Um, It wasn't just women that had that were new to writing, that had had that kind of healing response and kind of went, whoa, okay, what's going on here? And um, making connections to things that they had never considered, you know, opening up their awareness to things that they need, and that they need to start asking for and, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, so in doing that, you know, you have a you have a reaction to it. You have a response to it. Um, and and again, I was really surprised. I thought it would be mostly the women who had never written before. But even women who were you know really good writers and had written for a long time, um, because they'd never written that story about finding their voice, that you know they were impacted by that. It was like oh yeah, like another layer. And it was good for them. It was really good. You know, another layer of the onion got peeled and this was awesome. That's beautiful. When you can hold the space to go deep, right. And access it. Cause sometimes it's just about, you know, our intentions when you like ask and you shall receive, or when you put that out there. So when you're opening up to it, the answers come, the gift come. And it's funny because a lot of people might think they're, that they're not a writer. And I was afraid of this, but I've always loved journaling. I think that's such a great, like putting the pen to paper. I always say like source can then run through you, right? You can kind of end up being your own therapist a little bit. The answer comes. So I think what you're doing is absolutely fantastic. And you're so good at it. You're so supportive, (laughs) loving and create such a beautiful space for healing for women. Thank you. Thank you. I loved understanding the connection of what, and it makes perfect sense that you would have been winning, you know, domestic violence. Like I'm an advocate for, you know, putting an end domestic violence and protecting women and children and anyone really who's experiencing domestic violence. It just has traditionally been more women and children like, you know, that had, that has been, and typically because our bodies are smaller and are, you know, that like in general, right. That we've, and, and yeah. So thank you for all of that beautiful work that you've done and are continuing to do with women. And I'm curious, <laughs> what would you say to someone who feels a little something brewing, but is, is intimate, timid and, and never even thought, but they're hearing this and might be like, Ooh, I'm, huh, maybe I should, maybe I should tell my story. I have a story. I think everyone has a story. Yeah. I don't think there's a woman in the world who hasn't been challenged with her voice in some way or another, kind of a big statement, but it feels very true to me. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so if somebody is really, you know, called to, if, you know, if this really is calling them, then that's a, that, I mean, that's happening for a reason. <laughs> so, if that's the case, they need to, they need to connect with me, and and we just need to have a conversation about what what they can do with that. I'm happy to do that. You know, what do you want to do with it? Where can you go? Um, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's just ideas about how they can do things on their own. Maybe they want to engage one of the programs. That's okay. What, you know, wherever they are is wherever they are. But yeah, it's, I, I think it's really healthy just to talk about whatever is going on and, you know, relating it to, to, you know, whether it's historic or where you want to go, you know, whatever it is. So yeah, I would invite them to just connect with me and um, have a chat and, and to be, to be brave about it. You know, your words are valuable. They're, they're really valuable, not just for other people to hear and to be able to learn from, but they're valuable for you to express. Absolutely valuable for you to express. Yes. And you know, what I've really learned is that telling your story also really isn't about you. Like after I went through one of the many uh, intense experiences in my life um, where, you know, with with domestic violence, which is a story I'll tell in the book. So I'll save it. So you all get the book. We're going to have the book, uh, find your voice, save your life, a volume two link to purchase in the comments. Uh, I knew pretty quickly that it wasn't about me. It was to inspire, like you're saying, somebody else to see themselves in where maybe meeting them where they are in their trauma and their pain, maybe they're in the thick of it and they read, they're like, Oh my God, I can do like, it's such an inspiration to see somebody goes before you. That's the power of story, right? Absolutely. So yeah, inspire yourself and inspire somebody else too. And one more question before we wrap it up here, is there something that you would now go back and, and what advice would you give the 20 year old you? (laughs) So when I was, oh, what I've been, my, my kids were, my kids were babies. So I'm going to say like 30 years ago, I myself and, and a very good friend of mine used to go down. We were, so I'm in Canada and, and we live just outside of Toronto. So we used to go down every March downtown, right downtown Toronto for the, um, the Women's Day March, International Women's Day March. And it was just around that time when, um, when it became okay for women to go shirtless, right? You, you can do that before. That was that was a no-no, men, but not women. So um, I've often thought about this. If I could go back, now, it was March, so it was cold. <laughs> if I could go back, I would have taken off my shirt for those marches. If I could do it again, that's exactly, I would have let those boobs just go, and that would have been, <laughs> that, would have been it was that little piece of me that just said, <gasps> I don't think I can do this. Well, you know, now I could do this. Yeah. That is so beautiful. That's the beauty of growing up because part of it is like, I don't give a shit anymore. Like, I don't care because it's not about you. I don't care what you think. My body is beautiful. I love it. And here I am. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Yeah. I always admired women that, that had gone topless and thought, but, and again, it was cold. It was March in Canada. It was cold, but yeah, I always admired them and I would have definitely done that differently. Good question. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you. So we're going to have your links in the comments, you know, in the show notes rather, um, along with, like I said, the link to purchase the book, we'll have the link to your Facebook group and your website for people to find you. And I think you have a free uh, little gift offering. Is that right? Did you want to say anything about that? 
I do. Um, it is um, a little ebook, um, this, the start to finding your voice. Um, and it's got a little quiz in there. Are, do you need to kick your own ass? <laughs> that's the, that's the responsibility part. Do you need to do that? So, so a little quiz in there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and I want to say too, I hope this is the right time, but I want to say thank you to you, Lisa. And I want to remind everybody that as you mentioned, so you have a chapter in this book, you know, the little girl who couldn't and the woman who did, and it is really powerful. So, you know, whoever you're, you is listening today, please go and get the book. And, um, and acknowledge Lisa in some way. It was a difficult one, I know, to write. It was a difficult one to read, you know, for me. Yeah. But it was it was beautiful, and it will really impact somebody in a huge, huge way. So, yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for your vulnerability and your courage. And, um, yeah, let's just keep rocking this stuff, huh? You are the sweetest. Thank you. Yes, it was difficult to read and write. I had many people tell me that, and also incredibly impactful. And there's a lot more work I want to do around that. And I'm super grateful to have been connected to you. So if anyone out there is listening and is thinking about, oh, kind of curious, like, could I do that? Do I want to write? I like the, I like your, I like the gift offer. That sounds like a great place to start. So thank you, Beauty, for your time and your heart and the beautiful work that you're doing in the world. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm Lisa Eddy, your host of the Sacred Beauty Lifestyle Podcast. I hope this episode brought you insights and inspiration to help you radiate and shine with confidence. Remember to subscribe so you receive new episodes hot off the press right when they are released. And follow me on Instagram for more juicy tips at I am Lisa Eddy. Also, ladies and gentlemen, when you rate and review my podcast, it helps me get seen by more people. And this means a lot to me because I am committed to reaching millions of women across the globe, waking them up to the sacred beauty lifestyle, owning their true power and beauty inside and out. Now, more than ever, we need more women shining instead of hiding. When we band together, we are unstoppable. This is how we change the world together. Remember the sacred beauty lifestyle and get on out there and shine. The world needs your light.